Understood. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to my podcast, I Am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Today, we got a great show, and the reason why I'm playing you some Rick James, specifically some Mary Jane, because to be honest with you, some people are low-key faded. Some people are a little bit discombobulated. Some people need some help. I am here to offer them said help. We'll be talking a little bit more about the NFL protocols for the season, the upcoming season, the season that is supposed to start in about two months. Actually, yeah, in about two months. Today is July 10th, excuse me, not 17th, July 10th, literally in less than three months. Not even less than three months. Really in two months. A week from today. So two months, two months and a week. We got football. The NFL is supposed to be ready. I'm going to be talking about how they aren't ready. I'm going to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Being, I think, ranked the third or the fourth most, uh, the third best running back by NFL executives. I don't know the list. It's on ESPN+. Plus. I don't pay for ESPN+. Plus. I'm going to be talking about the NBA bubble. The NBA is about to start back up. Also, Washington, the team name change. I'll be getting into more detail on that and much, much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, right here on 24's Podcast. Last couple of days, by the way, recording this midday, so you will, you, so you will, excuse me, hear ACs, fans. Uh, I turned off my dehumidifier because it, it it's hot, it's hot, and it, and it's been doing doing a good job. It's been dehumidifying. I, I can I can feel that it's not as swampy in my room anymore. You know, I was going and looking at my movies, my DVDs. My music in my closet, because I have a whole bunch of movies, DVDs, TV shows, stuff like that in my closet. Movies that I loved as a kid and I bought as an adult. Movies that I loved as a kid and bought as a teenager and TV shows and stuff like that. Before I had Netflix, I had God knows how many DVDs and TV shows that I just put in and I watched on my PS3, on my DVD player, on my VHS player. Like, I watch a lot of TV shows, not on Netflix. Went into my closet, found an absolute banger. I got both of the movies cheaper by the dozen. This was my shit as a kid. I loved this movie. I love this movie series. I wish that they had made more. Like Lizzie McGuire is in it. Ashton Kutcher is in the first one. The uh, the guy, I think, who plays um, Kane and Lucifer, he's in it as well. Steve Martin, who is fantastic, he's in it. It's, it has a bunch of slapstick humor in it, and it, it's just a great all-around fun time. Great all-around, just fun movie. 
It's for all ages, specifically for children. The first movie, I, I don't like as much as the second movie because I think I saw the second movie a lot. A lot more than I saw the first one, to be honest with you. And you may be asking me, well, 24, how does any of this happen, or not happen, excuse me, but uh, just apply to the podcast? What is the meaning of this? Why are we talking about Cheaper by the Dozen 2? Because I, I was excited about it. I just wanted to share that with you. I just wanted to share that you know, I get to rewatch one of my favorite movies as a kid. I loved this movie. Speaking of things that I love, I went to Kroger the other day. Technically, it was yesterday. I went to Kroger yesterday, and I bought like four new candles. So my room... What's the, what's the scent... It's Tuscany Sea and Sand. It smells awesome. It definitely doesn't smell like tea, like sea and sand, but it smells great. So, you know, I'm getting the vibe of the podcast back up. I'm getting everything back up. I'm watching Steve Martin act like a fool. I mean, I'm having a great time once again on the podcast. So, Let's let's get forward with the actual things that you came here to see and talk about on the podcast. Let's talk about let's get to the business at hand. Let's get to the business that everyone has been talking about for the last couple of months that people for like April, May, June would not like shut up about. Like every single week on almost every single talk show on a lot of radio shows, you could pretty much go on, and a lot of people ask, do the Dallas Cowboys like like Dak Prescott? Are when are they going to sign Dak Prescott? Why aren't they signing Dak Prescott? You could literally hear that for like three months straight. And I said, hey, this is a deadline deal. It's not deadlines make deals. That only applies to Jerry Jones because he's... He's ridiculous like that. Instead of getting his players signed years in advance, he likes to get them signed the day before. That they're supposed to not be, not even supposed to, excuse me, but the like the day before, or not even the day before, really. It's just like he likes to get things done at the last minute. I had this analogy for him being that kid that you had in class that would like have this paper that's supposed to be done in like a month, and he's literally writing it minutes before you're supposed to turn it in. Like, that's Jerry Jones. So I've been saying it for months. I've been saying, listen, I'm not going to be worried about this until the deadline, which is next Wednesday. That is officially when the Dallas Cowboys cannot negotiate with Dak Prescott any longer. And you may be asking me the question, 24, in all honesty, do the Dallas Cowboys... Do they honestly not think Dak Prescott isn't a franchise quarterback? And the answer is, of course they think he's a franchise quarterback. Any person on any radio show, talk show, multi-million dollar setup, whatever you want to have it, TV show, where they have a, a, a studio in New York City, whatever, if they say that he is not a franchise quarterback, they don't know what they're talking about, and slash or, they're just doing that to get views, to get clicks, to get traction. Because they know that that's a controversial opinion and people want to click, not even click, but watch that controversial opinion because it's controversial. Right? 
yes, Dak Prescott is 1,000% a franchise quarterback. It's not even close. Well, he padded his stats 24. I looked at the games. Which, first and foremost, and I'll play this game once again. I, I apologize if you are a long-time viewer, a long-term viewer of this podcast, because I've done this multiple times. Tell me the games that he has padded his numbers in. Tell me, which games? Because I will, I will look up Dak Prescott's numbers, and I will tell you the games right here, right now, that Dak Prescott could not have won, period, in the story. Because his team was so far behind, I think during the second or third quarter, that it would have been near impossible. The defense would have had to play out of their mind on top of Dak having to throw the football up and down the football field. Like, it would have been incredibly difficult for him to win. Which games do you think I'm going to say? Because I got his game logs right here. The 2019 game logs. He went 8-8. Eight and eight. I'll tell you the games that he padded his numbers in. Against the Bills. Against the Bears. And against New England. Every other game of Dak Prescott or from Dak Prescott in that 2019 season was winnable. Oh, but 24, what about the Green Bay game where they where they lost it 24 to 34? Let's take a gander at the game log. Let's take a look at it quarter by quarter, shall we? Let's take a look. In fact, I don't even need to look at it quarter by quarter. Let me pull it up. Let me pull up the game tape. Let me pull it up. Let me get it going. Here it is. Beautiful. You're not going to listen to it. But let me pull it up for you, right? So by the end of the second quarter, Dallas is down by 17 points. Three scores. Right? Three scores. Aaron Jones is having an absolute field day against the Dallas Cowboys. And to start off the second half, Green Bay goes up 24 to zero. Oh, 24. The game's over with, right? Game's over with. <laughs> Not in Dak Prescott's eyes. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, they finally actually have to start operating through the quarterback, which is what they should have done for the entirety of the football game and actually started to get some big plays going. They're down by four scores, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even close. They are down by four scores. They are in trouble. As I get another ad after I'm, as I am watching this video. Because I'm watching it on YouTube. I just got, I, I got a freaking ad. So Dallas goes down, or, go, or not goes down, but excuse me, goes up 24 to three. So they score three points. Aaron Jones still running, just having his way with the Cowboys. Bottom of the third, it's 31 to three, right? You're saying to me, 24, How? How do they make a comeback in less than, than two quarters left in the ballgame? Well, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, they start to blow the front door off the barn against the Green Bay Packers. They start to just start destroying this team, right? So Michael Gallup has a beautiful, fantastic football where he, um, uh, not a football, but a catch where he, where he has outside leverage. Dak throws it a little bit more inside because he gets hit. Michael Gallup tracks it down perfectly, runs in, touchdown, 10-31. to 31.
Dak Prescott really starts slinging it. No idea how Amari Cooper caught that football, but he did. Inbounds. It's caught. The idiotic referees did not catch it. By the way, this was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my entire life. And they still almost won this football game. Oh, wait, did they seriously not call it? Com- oh, no, they call- did- no, they didn't call it complete, right? These idiotic refs didn't call it complete. I'm pretty sure they didn't. This is what pissed me off, this play right here, where it's like 40 yards, and it's obvious that he caught it, and they were like, no, he didn't catch it. And Jason Garrett throws down the flag, and then they, and then they throw a damn flag on Jason Garrett, and I wanted to strangle all the referees. Let me look at it. It's like, you can even be right, and the idiotic referees, they just get it wrong. I, I freaking hate this game so much, watching it back. So, it nullifies the play, even though Jason was absolutely in the right for yelling at them. It doesn't matter. Dak and Zeke make a big play at the bottom of the third quarter. And then Dallas, I think they're going to score on this drive. Bang. Bang. Witten caught. Flags fly. It looks like pass interference, yeah, on the defense. And then it looks like Dallas will score with Zeke. 17-31. to Rodgers, incomplete. Dallas's defense finally makes a stop here. I'm kind of skipping and going over the highlights here. And here's where the ball game just gets out of control. Because at this point in, of the game, Dallas is running amok against this team, the Green Bay Packers. So this play in particular, and this is just the culmination of the entire football game, Dak throws it to Amari Cooper, who is obviously being, like, just... Let me see the yardage. So, it's at the 29-yard line. Yeah, that's pass interference. So, Dak does an Aaron Rodgers move in a play where Aaron Rodgers, whenever his receiver is being interfered with, throws it in the direction of the wide receiver to attract attention to that wide receiver. And for some weird reason, and by the way, the refs called a similar call on Dallas this game. For some weird reason, just didn't call anything. Bang. And it gets picked. And Rodgers scores, and uh, that's the end of the ballgame, and that's the end of the comeback. But Dallas was absolutely running amok, and Zadarius Smith just gets in Dak's face, and it's like, hey, uh, your guy committed P.I., and the rest didn't call it. Like, come on. But my point is, Dallas, at the end of the game, started to explode offensively, even though they had already started to really do that for the majority of the game. It wasn't like Dak started to explode at the... Um, during the second half, he just had a, a couple of turnovers during this football game. But Dak and the offense started to explode. The defense started to get on track, kind of, but not really. Dallas could have won this game easily. The issue is, this play in particular derailed the entire game. It was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They could have won this fucking football game. That game doesn't count. Could have won the Jets, could have beaten the Jets. They beat Philadelphia the first time around, going all the way to Minnesota. That game counts 24 to 28. We all know what happened. Not even going to talk about it. Don't want to. Uh, what else, what else, what else? The games that I refer to you as uh, as winnable games by the Dallas Cowboys were Buffalo and Chicago. Not winnable, but unwinnable games where I'm like, yeah, they, they couldn't have won that game. Um, Dallas versus Buffalo, Dallas versus Chicago. Dak had two 300 games, <clears throat> excuse me, in those two games. 
if you take off the 600 yards that he would have gotten from both of those games, he would have like 4,300 yards. 43. I'm watching Cheaper by the Dozen. Dude, I gotta talk about this scene. How was this scene in the freaking movie? Holy smokes, man. Oh, wait. I just did the wrong thing. But there's this, like, there's this scene where this, like, bottle or jar of orange juice gets spilled all over this girl's shirt, and she's wearing a white shirt, and I didn't notice this because I was a kid, and I didn't have, like, the mind of a teenager, right? And it's like, you can see through her shirt. You can 1,000% see, see, see through her shirt. I'm like, wait, like, shouldn't that be blurred out? That's ridiculous. Going, going back to what I was talking about with, uh, with Dak Prescott. Anyways, um, could have beaten Buffalo, not could have, could not have beaten Buffalo, could not have beaten Chicago. They were destroying us. It wasn't even close. The scores may look, oh, they weren't losing by that many points, but yes, they 1,000% could not have won those two games. It's impossible. They were way too far behind. All right, so again, the padded numbers myth, I've debunked it multiple times on the podcast. It's ridiculous. Don't buy into it. I don't buy into it, especially when people, notice that people will never say which games he padded his numbers in. Like, like isn't that weird? Isn't that funny? It's like people say he pads his numbers like all the time. Dak pads his numbers. His numbers are padded. Blah, 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 right? But which games? I can admit which games they are, but most people can't because they actually haven't watched the football games. They just parrot the exact same thing that everybody says. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, his numbers are padded, but they don't say which games are padded. It irks me, but that's okay. That's fine. Moving on. So... Yes, 1,000% Dak is, and this kind of revolves going all the way back to, you know, what I was talking about earlier. I'm on Dak watch. He's going to get paid. He is a franchise quarterback. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, this isn't even up for a debate for me, in all honesty. It's like, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he not a franchise? He is, of course, a franchise quarterback. And it weirds me out that people always say, well, you can't pay Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson money, but you just paid Kirk Cousins, like, Ben Roethlisberger money. Is Kirk Cousins better than Ben Roethlisberger? Like, he's only making a million dollars less than Aaron Rodgers and two million dollars less than Russell Wilson. Right? Like, let me go to overthecap.com. You can, you can track all these numbers that I'm, that I'm saying right here. Right? Let me just take a look. I like the quarterback position, right? So Mahomes is getting paid the most, $45 million. That's his average per year. That is the structure of his contract. Ben Roethlisberger, I thought he was getting, I, I flipped the numbers. I thought Ben Roethlisberger was getting paid $33 million, and Aaron Rodgers was getting paid $34 million. Aaron Rodgers is getting paid $33 million. Like, it's not even up for debate. Kirk Cousins is not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he is making the same amount as, of money as in Aaron Rodgers. Jared Goff is making the same amount of money as well. Technically, Aaron Rodgers is making $33,500,000 on average. That is the structure of his deal. Kirk Cousins is making only $500,000 less than Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, but they're pretty much making the exact same money. 
Sorry about that. It's like, I, I don't get it. So, and, and then on top of that, Carson Wentz is only making a million and a half dollars less than Aaron Rodgers. Is any of those quarterbacks that I just named as good as Aaron Rodgers? This rhetoric that you can't pay, that, that it's insane to pay Dak Prescott $35 million in a, uh, in a market that's going to expand. The cap will expand within the next couple of years. We know that for a fact. Because it's been expanding for the past like 10 years. It's gone insane. It's become insane. I think it's increased by like 60%. It's ridiculous. But you can't pay Dak Prescott $35 million. That's insane. I wouldn't pay Dak Prescott $35 million. Yet you're willing to pay Kirk Cousins Aaron Rodgers money? You're willing to pay Jared Goff Aaron Rodgers money? You're willing to pay Carson Wentz Aaron Rodgers money? I just saw the orange juice scene again because I skipped a chapter. I can... Frick's sake, man. I can literally... I know that this is a PG movie, and they probably looked at this scene. I can see everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. And it is a bottle... And it is like a cup full of oranges. I'm, I can literally see everything. All right. Anyways. Continuing for... Like... I mean, come on, man. Like, you're, you're, you're seriously gonna tell me that you can't pay Dak Prescott. It's, it's insane to pay him 35 but it's not insane to pay Jared Goff the exact same money as, as Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's, it's the reason why I roll my eyes at this narrative that you just, that it's just unthinkable, unthinkable, unimaginative, or not imaginative, unimaginable that you can't pay him his money. That's ridiculous. He is a franchise quarterback. You can and should and will pay him his money. He deserves it. Because Dallas is looking at the... Like, now that I look at these contracts, like the structures of this deal, I'm like, oh yeah, he's getting paid. By Wednesday. I put a lot of money on it. I'm not a gambler. I'm not the type of person to gamble. I'm like, getting paid like $35 million? Yeah. Dallas caved to their running back. And Stephen Jones... Stephen Jones is like, uh, he's he's like, you know, what? we 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 gotta we gotta pay market value. We can't reset the market and things of that nature. And it's like, dude, you just did it with Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott. Like what? Like what are you? Uh, Jerry and Stephen are the worst negotiators ever, man. For like players with max out deals, like they got Tyron Smith on a ten year contract. They got Zach and um and uh. Travis on pretty favorable deals as well, but it's like when it comes to players that actually want to get paid and things of that nature, it's like they're bad at it. They they don't know what they're doing. They're operating like this is 1995. It's like, dude, it's, it's 2020. Come on, man. It's like trying to run a computer that's from 1995 against like a, a new MacBook. It's like, no, you're you're gonna you're gonna get freaking computed on or com run circles computer wise on. I don't I don't know what the proper phrase is. You can't pay Dak Prescott $35 million annually. Watch. Watch as they will. Watch as the market in the next couple of years will expand. Watch as the deal will be 1,000% worth it. I'm on Dak watch right now. 
I don't think that Dallas will let this opportunity pass up. I think they will bend to the will of Dak Prescott. Unless Jerry is insane and thinks that this won't happen and thinks that Dallas will not get paid, or not Dallas, but Dak will not get paid, I think it's ridiculous to even, to even like speculate that they won't pay him. Because they will. And then it's like, oh wait, well now we got to deal with Dak, Zeke, Zach, Zach is in Zach Martin, Tyron, Amari, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup for the for like the next three years. And then and then the cap is going to expand after you know we recover from COVID nineteen. And then it's like, oh well, you'll look in in the next couple of years and you'll see to yourself or you not see but say to yourself, oh that's a pretty good deal, thirty five million dollars annually. Just as you would say right now, if Dallas had offered Dak $33 million annually, you would have been like, oh yeah, now that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers is getting paid $33.5 million annually. And that's a good deal. That's the deal that Kirk Cousins is on. So. I've had it up to here. I know you can't see me, but I'm putting my hand as high as it can go, which is not very high. I'm five foot seven, and I don't have a large wingspan. But it's up there pretty high. I've had it up to here with this BS. Dak will get paid next week. I will be watching and waiting for him to get paid next week. I think it will happen. Monday... Maybe Tuesday. Wednesday is the deadline. But the Dallas Cowboys, they may hold off until... They may be ridiculous and they may actually hold off until Wednesday. Which it's like, dude, get it done. Get the deal done by Wednesday. This is not hard. This should not have taken a year and a half to get it signed. To get him signed. You may be asking me the question. 24. How much cap space... I just got an ad on the site that I'm on. God, I hate fucking ads. I got to get a VPN. You may be asking me the question, 24, how much cap space does Dallas have? Well, they have $11 million in available cap space. Because, and you may be wondering, well, how did that happen? Well, you just signed Amari Cooper to a big deal. Dak Prescott signed his franchise tag. So you go from having a lot of money to now really not having any money. Technically, having $11 million is still a lot of money, but... How much will it take to sign Dak Prescott? Well, probably $4 million. A little bit under $4 million. Actually, no, a little bit, yeah, a little bit under $4 million. The reason why is that he probably wants $35 million. You're going to have to bump it up. I'm not sure how exactly you want the deal to be structured. We'll see. But potentially, you could front-load his contract, give him more money. If you want to go out and get players, that's a, that's a question. If you don't want to go out and get players, not a question, but that's... If you don't want to go out and get players, if you don't want to sign players, for example, then there's that route. If you do want to go out and sign players and maybe you want to, you know, backload his contract, we'll see. But Dak is getting signed. The clock is ticking. It is Friday. It is 2 o'clock. It is midday. I am waiting for the news that Dak Prescott 
will become essentially the highest paid Dallas Cowboy of all time. And I just want this story to be over with because nobody would have had anybody to talk, anything to talk about for like the past three to four months, to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm so glad that this is coming to an end because literally everybody has just been so lazy when it comes to reporting on, uh, on subjects and on topics. It's like I literally had to stop watching everything because literally everybody is reporting on the exact same crap and it's like, oh my God. It's, it's just been obnoxious to deal with. He's getting paid. I'm excited. Let's continue forward. So, I think it was a, a podcast that I had a couple of days ago. I said to myself, I said to you, I don't say the Washington team name because it is a racial slur. I'm not the type of guy to question that type of thing. It's like if people want, if people are offended by stuff, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. It's not my business. It's like whenever people, you know, I'm black. So it's like if people are like, you know what, Arden, why can't I call you the N-word? Now, these are people who are not of my race. Because I shut it down really quickly. I'm like, hey, do not call me the N-word. 24, don't call me the, 24, why can't I call you the N-word? I'm like, don't, don't call me. Don't do it. It's a racial slur. I don't appreciate it. That's not my name. Call me by my name. It's just basic common human decency. And it's weird. It's like some people, again, I'll just say it, white people, they ask me all the time. It's like, why can't I say the, why can't I call you the N-word? And it's like, well, I don't let black people call me the N-word. It's like, I'm only one representative of my race, but I'm pretty sure other people of my race would not appreciate it if you called them the N-word. Even if it's soft A. Not hard R, soft A. And a lot of times, I see people use the hard R. Not going to get away with that. Talking about race relations on a sports podcast. Anyways, um, people are offended by the Washington team name. I'm behind. I've, I, I have been behind getting rid of that name. I think I've literally only said it twice on this entire podcast. I have over 200 episodes on my... Twice. I say it literally every 100 podcast episodes. It's ridiculous. I may have a slip up here and there. I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. But it happens. I slip up. I, I make mistakes. I apologize. I try to, you know, be better and stuff like that. So I'm 1,000% behind this team name getting, getting freaking, getting it out of the NFL. And I'm so for the Washington Red Tails. I'm so for it. I remember one, one of the uh, Washington players, he was talking about it, and he's like, why not just name them the Washington Warriors? You can have, you know, you can have, um, you, you can, you know, just have the arrow or have an arrow as the team logo instead of, you know, the, uh, instead of like, you know, the, the, the image, you know, just get rid of the, you know, just get rid of the team name, have the arrow. Again, I'm not Native American. The Washington Warriors sounds cool. 
But it's like, how how exactly would that happen with marketing? Because it's like, like, because there's not like two team names unless it's like in college, right? So there's like the Oklahoma State Cowboys, for example, and then there's the Dallas Cowboys. But in like most professional sports, you don't have two of the same team names, like the Yankees, the Pirates. There's the um in baseball, there's the Pittsburgh Giants, I think. Or is that the San Francisco Giants? No, Pittsburgh Pirates, San Francisco Giants. There's not a lot of, like, duplicates of the same team name. You know? And then on top of that, it's like, do you really want to be associated with one of the best, like, not sports, excuse me, but um, basketball teams currently, even though they suck right now because all of their players literally got hurt and they lost KD, the Golden State Warriors. Do you really want to be associated with that football team or basketball team? Or more specifically, do they want to be associated with the, with you? It's like, can you now countersue them as the Warriors for taking your name, right? And then turning it into a football. Like, I don't know the legality of some of this stuff. Like, don't don't try and be cute about it. The players, they want to they they the red tails, and I did some research, very very minor research on the Tuskegee Airmen. On the podcast, you can hear me go and and talk about it. But the Tuskegee Airmen were commonly and constantly referred to as the Red Tails. Because they would paint the tails of their P-51 Mustangs red to signify, hey, we are of Tuskegee. We are the Airmen from Tuskegee Airmen. From Tuskegee, Alabama, excuse me. And that would be their mascot. Like, how cool would it be to have, like, a historically accurate patriotic symbol? Like, I mean, we, you know, we have the Patriots, the New England Patriots. We have the Dallas Cowboys. We have, what else is American? <clears throat> I don't really know of another, like, American. Like, the New York Yankees are another great American team. But it's like, we don't really have, like, you know, like the Pittsburgh Soldiers or the Seattle Soldiers. Like, we don't have, like... A military branch. It's like the Red Tails. That'd be cool, man. The Washington Red Tails. That sounds awesome. Players want it. I want it. The NFL probably will not do it. But it's super easy. And you don't even have to be like, you know what? We're going to have them be after the Tuskegee Airmen. You could just be like, we're going to be officially, it's going to be the Washington Red Tailed Hawks. That could be the full team name. But we're going to nickname ourselves. The Washington Red Tails, right? Honoring the Tuskegee Airmen while also actually having a bird as your mascot. How cool would that be? Want to know why the NFL won't do it? Because it's too fucking easy. And they have politics and bureaucracy within the corporation because they are a corporation. All corporations have that type of shit in them. And, you know, it's, it's simple. It's easy. Ron Rivera wants it to be done by, like, he he, think he he thinks it would be cool to be done by, you know, the start of the season. I think that that's unlikely, if not impossible. And Nike and Amazon, they pulled the merch. Let me, let me actually see if that's true. I'm, I'm on my computer right now. Like, I, you know, if you're, if you're a follower of the podcast... I look up stuff on my computer all the time, not because I'm uninformed, just because this this is extemporaneous. That sounded weird. Extemporaneous. Meaning that it's it's raw. 
not raw, but I'm speaking like raw. I'm speaking. I'm speaking from the mind, right? Let's just. Do I? Is it okay if I type in the word? I don't know what's right and what's not right. Washington. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not gonna type it. I'm just gonna go down in the selection and I'm just gonna press enter. That way, I didn't type it. Oh no, they still have merchandise. They still have um some merchandise. Oh wait, 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 wait. They kind of do. Let me let me just type in t-shirt. Or towel. That'd be a cool one. Whoa. No, they don't. They don't. Let, let me explain. Let me explain. <clears throat> so when I type in Washington team name towel... I get a, um, a Vikings towel, a Patriots towel, a Cowboy towel, a Brown towel, a Cleveland Browns towel. Like, I get different teams and their towels, right? But then there's this one towel with an arrow, the burgundy and gold arrow through the Dallas Cowboy star, so, you know, being a Washington logo, I guess. But then I just look at, like... I go back to the page that I was on. I just typed in Washington team name into Amazon. And they give me a bunch of different merchandise. So they gave me like an Adrian Peterson football card. They give me a framed Taylor, Sean Taylor, away framed photo collage, more like memorabilia and stuff like that. But it's not like, it's not actual stuff. It's not like stuff that you can wear. And on top of that, it doesn't look like it actually has the team name on it, you know? It has, <laughs> there's this awesome shirt that has, this team makes me drink, and it's for the Washington team. <laughs> That's awesome! Let me try and find a t-shirt on Amazon, too. But yeah, it looks like most of their memorabilia, most of their merchandise, yeah, like, if it has the team name on it, if it has, it looks like the logo on it. By the way, I didn't see any of the logos either. Team name, logo, it's done. It's gone. Cannot find it. They try to have other merchandise and stuff like that. Again, the This Team Makes Me Drink shirt. But, um... Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God. They also have a, um, a shirt that says... Keep the name. It doesn't have the logo on it, but it has keep the name inside where the logo would be. So, uh, apparently there's people like that out there where they're like, keep the name, keep the name, the name is awesome. It's like, oh my god. It's like, nobody likes the name. I don't even like the name. Red Tails would be so much cooler. It actually would mean something. Anyways, that's just my thought. And it's like, finally, I would get to call Washington by their actual team name, because I don't right now. But, as of right now, apparently, Washington will not name the team after a Native American tribe or organization or whatever. So, they won't be like the Washington Cherokees. Or the Washington whatever. You know? 
I can't I can't enunciate any of the Washington not the Washington but the tribes. It's like three syllables. I don't I, I don't I, I don't know. By the way, I'm watching Cheaper by the Dozen too, and I'm at this scene where um where Steve Martin is coaching all of his um all of his family members to win this like family event and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and one of the girls, one of like the little girls, sorry if this is loud. One of the little girls is like <laughs> Cause he, cause he's yelling at them to toss it, and one of the girls that's like, "Dad, I'm trying," <laughs> and she's like, "Dad, lay off." He's like, "Don't cry." Ah, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Cheaper by the dozen too. It's so awesome. I love it. This movie. I love it so much. All right. <clears throat> Sorry for freaking out there. Anyways. Yeah, change change the name. Make it Red Tails. That's awesome. Nobody likes the name. I don't like the name. Get it changed. Well, apparently people do, but they're wrong. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's move on <clears throat> from Dak and the Washington. Just the entirety of the NFC East in general. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the league as a whole. The more I think about this, the more I hear coming out about the NFL and their dumbass protocols for COVID-19 um, during the regular season, the more I think this, the season probably won't happen and slash or the season will be cut. Well, no, 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 no. The season will happen. It will start, but it'll probably be cut short. Significant players will probably get the coronavirus and um, players, important players may even opt out. Let me try and find some of these protocols. Cause I, you know, I can't. It's hard to find these these freaking protocols, man. So here's the NFL protocols, apparently, and this is from Tom Pelissero. Pe no, not even Tom Pelissero, who's like the first person to report on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, let me try and find these proposals. No, I'm like, no, that's not it. I can't, I can't find the protocols. I can only find like player reactions to the protocols, right? So if you didn't hear, the NFL is saying that teams, after the ball game is over with, have to be socially distant. That is six feet apart after the game. And things like jersey swapping cannot happen anymore in the game. It also begs the question, how are post-game and, like, during-game interviews supposed to happen? So you know how, like, Aaron Andrews goes up to the coach and asks them a bunch of questions? Is that supposed to happen, or is that not supposed to happen now? Or do they just address the media and the podium? And also, like, what about pre- and post-game shows? Because usually they're in the stadiums, right? Like, during primetime games, they're in the stadiums. How does that work? I don't think the NFL has thought of those things either. Because it's like, I'm like, because I literally just thought of that. I'm like, wait a second, like, what about Aaron Andrews and the sideline reporters and 
What about the, the post-game show people who are on the actual, not the post-game, yeah, the post and the pre-game show. They're on the field. What about the Super Bowl, right? People rush the field. Journalists rush the field. Like, even some fans, like Kevin Hart, rushed the, technically he didn't. He just said, I'm Kevin Hart, and then people let him through. It's like, well, what about all of these, like, what, what about all of these different issues that I don't think that the NFL has thought of? Just like, I can go on and on and on and on and on. I can just, I don't know why I'm snapping off beat. There we go. Snapping on beat. Anyways, I don't think the NFL has thought of these things. It's obvious that they haven't. And a lot of NFL player reactions. Okay. And a lot of player reactions to this, to the jersey swap happening or not happening. Oh my god, I'm 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 reading stuff and trying to think critically. That's that's a bad combination cuz I'm like I'm I'm freaking being pulled in two different directions. Sorry. But um after jersey swaps are now outlawed from the NFL, you had a bunch of players pretty much tweeting about it. Richard Sherman was like the first person. He's like, this is the NFL in a, in a perfect nutshell. Or this is a perfect example, excuse me. I don't know why I read this so wrong. This is a perfect example of the NFL thinking in a nutshell. Players can go engage in a full contact game and do it safely. However, it is deemed unsafe for them to exchange jerseys after said game. Continuing forward, DJ Moore. What is stopping jersey swap going to do? We already played in a whole game. Laramie Tunsil shaking my head. NFL is a joke. Other game day protocols. This is Ian Rappaport, NFL insider. Other game protocols, play, coaches and players won't be required to wear masks on the sidelines. Everyone else in the bench area does have to wear a mask. <clears throat> As I... Where's my thing? Oh, here we go. So I'm looking for my lid for my candle so that way I can snuff out the flame. Because it's been going for almost an hour. So you may be asking me the question, right? Because if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me constantly say, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't get some of the the outrage over what certain players are doing, right? Like all the way in March, I didn't get why people were coming out criticizing Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, right? Everybody was like, well, you can't practice, you can't do stuff like that. And me using common sense and what I've heard about the coronavirus at that point in time, I was like, well, it seems like it doesn't spread through the air. Seems like it spreads through touch, right? And again, it's like they're throwing footballs and stuff like that around. It doesn't make any sense to me to condemn them for a photograph when they're out there practicing. I was like, if you're going to be mad, at, be mad at the, for the right reasons, not the dumb reasons, right? Oh, they took a photograph together. Yeah, but they were probably dapping each other up during practice. They were throwing Dak throws without gloves on and so does Lamar he like unless it's like rainy conditions which it obviously isn't they're throwing without gloves on so it gets on their hands it gets on the ball it gets on the gloves for the receivers it gets all over the water because they're having they have dudes that are going to help them hydrate and stuff like that the the trainers are probably going to get it like it, it spreads very very quickly is my point or was my point 
I was like, I don't understand this whole notion that they can't practice together. Or not practice, but they can't take a photograph together, but they can practice together. It doesn't make any sense. And now, circling back to this, it doesn't make sense that they can't exchange jerseys. The minimal amount of, like, 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 like if, if, if I had to say, right, if, you, if I had to give you a percentage, the percentage that it would reduce the chance of players and coaches getting COVID, I would say minimal at best. And minimal at best would be like less than 1%. Because again, they aren't going to be socially distant on the sideline. Are they going to be six feet apart? No. They're going to be dapping each other up. They're going to be talking to one another. They won't be socially distant. Then on top of that, it's like, again, they're going to be in a full contact sport. They're going to be playing football. The notion that swapping a jersey is going to significantly reduce the chance of somebody getting this virus, getting this disease, is absurd. Because it's like, again, players, like, I, I cannot believe that this was a protocol that was mentioned. And it's like, again, I haven't heard of any, <clears throat> of any of, like, any strong countermeasures that I'm like, that would make me feel confident that this season is going to go through. If I'm honest with you, I haven't really heard of them. <clears throat> I think it's I, I I I don't I don't like it. I don't like what I've heard from the NFL. Again, I haven't heard that they're going to increase testing. I get like, I feel like, and not even I feel like, because this was something that the president of the NFLPA said. He said, it seems like the NFL wants the virus to bend to its will, that they're going to have normalcy, they're going to have fans in the sands, they're not going to, like, really take this seriously. They think that the virus will bend to its will, the NFL's will, and that the season will go on as scheduled, as planned, everything will be normal, everything will be great, they can do whatever they want to do, NFL will be fine. But then, in reality... Because we live in reality. We don't live in a fantasy. We live in reality. You look around, and you look at the leagues that have started up, the sports that have started up. No fans. Anywhere. Ever. Very, very few media. Anywhere. Ever. Constant testing. I was following Malika and... I was about to say Andrews. Her name is Adams. She's an ESPN reporter that reports on the NBA. And she's actually inside the NBA bubble in Disneyland. So she's there. She's been in quarantine for like the last couple of days. I think, not in the last couple of days. I think she got to the bubble like a week ago. So she's been there for over a week. She's been in the bubble. I think she just got cleared a couple of days ago to finally leave her hotel room because she constantly tested positive for the virus. She constantly 
had um, <clears throat> she had constantly been quarantined off to make sure other people wouldn't get it. And then I think, no, 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 no. She wasn't in the bubble at first. She was outside of the bubble. So they quarantined her off and had her and made, and made sure she did not have the virus. Then they moved her inside the bubble and that's where she's been for the past couple of days. And literally she's done nothing besides stay in her, stay in her hotel room and leave on occasion to report on certain, on certain things. You look at the UFC and their protocols. They're like, listen, we're going to test multiple times during the week of a fight. We're not going to test like once or twice, three. No, we're testing like almost daily. UFC, big event. I think they're going to start Fight Island this weekend. Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal versus uh, uh, Volkanowski. I think that's how, how you say his name. Two. And by two, I, by two, I mean as the second fight in the series. And then, who else Who else is fighting this weekend? They're all fighting on Fight Island, right? It's UFC 251. It's Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo for the Bantam, for the Bantamweight title, right? Three title fights... And we got Thug Rose and Paige Von Zant. Von Zant? Von Zant? Van Zant? There you go. It's Paige Van Zant on the card. I'm excited for Rose Namajunas. Or no, Rose Namajunas. I don't, I, I don't know how to say her last name. But you got like five fights on the main card that are like home run, home run, home run. Big promo person, Paige Van Zant. Rose Namajunas. Rose Namajunas. I'm excited for her. I'm so excited to see her fight once again. Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, Jorge Masvidal. But you see what happens with the UFC. The UFC was like, no fans. We're gonna have we're gonna have it at very very secluded venues. We're not gonna have it at the traditional venues. We're not gonna have it at the MGM Grand. We're gonna do it our way, but we're going to make sure we do it safely. And they've had people test positive already. But you know what happens? They say that fight isn't isn't going to isn't going to happen. It's not going to fly. But we will move on with the fights as a whole. UFC, NBA, MLB, and Korean baseball. No fans. No fans. Everyone's doing it right, but the NFL. Everyone seems to have their priorities in check. My father always used to tell me, he said, son, have your priorities in check. Have your priorities correct. Have them right. Said that to me constantly. Still said, I mean, it's not like he's dead. He still says it to me sometimes. Said that to me a lot as a kid. He's right. It's like you cannot go into these situations. You cannot go into these complicated situations and have simple-ass answers. This is not a simple problem. This is complex. You needed months and months and months of time to get this done and prepared. It's not just about the short term. It's about long term. You want a full season? You want to make money? Then have a full season. Nothing is going to go on in October. I think the playoffs are done for the NBA. They're gone. They're done. They're over with. 
Bro, you tripping. Get this shit done. Jer- the jersey swap, canceling that, it will be minimal. It doesn't matter. That, that, and, and I wrote this down. I wrote this down because I wanted to talk about it. I talked about the NFL pivoting, right? Notice what happened when it wasn't, like, when, when, um, when George Floyd died. They were like, you know what, Roger Goodell, we got it wrong. You know what, fuck's sake, let me fucking take a piss. Because I've been drinking water for the entirety of the podcast. I've been drinking sparkling ice. I got to take a piss. I'm going to be back in the next couple of minutes to break down the NFL's ridiculousness with their pivoting as I watch a six-second ad. The ridiculousness of the NFL's pivoting and why that this whole like situation with jersey swaps and things of that nature doesn't matter in the NFL's hypocrisy and just, ugh, the obnoxiousness of the NFL. All that coming up, 24's podcast. Gentlemen, 24's podcast was on an absolute tear. Was about to go on a tear, and then my bladder said, Get your ass in the back <laughs> in the bathroom. I gotta take a whiz. I gotta release some tension. Jesus Christ. I gotta stop drinking so much. I, I I hydrate a lot. So I gotta pee a lot. It's like you get used to peeing, but I just gotta hydrate. Anyways. 
<clears throat> Let me look up some of these Roger Goodell. You we got we got we got to get it right. 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 Oh my god. And it's like like hold on. What like which which got to get it right? Do I need to play for you? Because there's two. There's the Colin Cowherd, or not the Colin Cowherd, the Colin Kaepernick. We didn't get it right. We gotta get it right. And then there's like the Ray Rice one, where he's like, we didn't get it right. We gotta get it right. Where is it? Where's that dumbass? Where's <laughs> that dumbass? We didn't get it right. We got Hold on. Here, 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 here he is after giving Ray Rice... A, and, and I'm gonna sound completely like Bill Burr here example. for like a couple of seconds because because uh, I got I got some of this from Bill Burr but I also got this from uh, from a YouTube video. It's like you know Tom Brady gets four games, pretty much the equivalent of he hit you know of of he committed domestic violence in the NFL. Ray Rice, who actually did it, not even domestic, just assaulted his wife essentially. Who actually did it? Got two games. Josh Brown, a punter. Systemic brutality, verbal and abusive to his wife, gets two games. That happened in 2016. But Ezekiel Elliott, no evidence from the police, from other witnesses, no evidence. He gets six games. And it felt like, oh no, we, we got it right on that case. He did it. Tom Brady, oh no, we, we, we got it right. Listen to, listen to Roger Goodell talk about Ray Rice. At our best. The NFL sets an example that makes it positive. This is as loud as it goes. So I, I, I can barely hear it with all the fans. I'll mute myself. This is as loud as it goes. I apologize. At our best, the NFL sets an example that makes a positive difference. Unfortunately, over the past several weeks, we have seen all too much of the NFL doing wrong. That starts with me. I said this before, back on August 28th, and I say it again now. I got it wrong in the handling of the Ray Rice matter, and I'm sorry for that. I got it wrong on a number of levels, from the process that I led to the decision. All right. I got it wrong. I got to get it right. All right? That's the first time, right? Listen to how similar it sounds when he's apologizing to blackballing Colin Kaepernick out of the NFL. Listen to this. And for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We got, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. We didn't get it right. We got it wrong. All right. It's literally the exact same speech. You want to know why it's the exact same speech? Because it worked twice. It worked three times. Nobody cares. Right. Roger Goodell understands how to how to essentially get the NFL out of trouble. Don't take hardline stances on anything. Pivot when you get pressure. 
and just deal with it, deal with pressure when it comes your way. Don't fix anything. Just don't take hardline stances, and you'll be fine. And that's literally it. And it works. People back off. People were like, you got to punish Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So then Roger Goodell was like, I'm going to punish Tom Brady. I'm going to punish Tom Brady. I'm going to punish Tom Brady. Right? I'm going to punish the Elliott. I don't know why I chose that <laughs> to sound like Roger Goodell. But, you know, I'm going with that. So Roger Goodell is like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get around. Right? And he does. He gets him for four games. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Tom Brady, he's not going to win another Super Bowl again. He's too fucking old. Right? And then that... <laughs> Let's see that Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl. There's, oh, there's such a glorious picture of Roger Goodell looking up at Tom Brady because Tom Brady is freaking taller than him. Right? And he, and he looks like a scared child. I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. I saw it like, I saw it after after the the Patriots won a Super Bowl. There it is, right there. <laughs> there he is, right there. He's he's turning away. He shakes Brady's hands, and Brady is and James White I think is right next to him, and James White is talking so much trash, and Roger Goodell looks like a scared child. Ah, I love it so much. Oh, he's so awesome. I love Brady. Ah, I love him. He is awesome. Right? So, Roger Goodell is pivoting. And he's a great pivoter. He likes to pivot. He doesn't like to, again, take hard line stances. He likes to pivot. Okay? We got it wrong. We got it wrong. They got it wrong twice. So, how does this relate to COVID, all of this other stuff. Well, they don't like to take hardline stances on anything. They like to pivot and play to the crowd when things go wrong. Well, this is essentially what's going on right now. They're playing towards the crowd, right? Essentially, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, well, we know that jersey swaps, they're not necessarily socially distant, so we got to do that. Then they're like, well, we got to socially distant during locker rooms and stuff like that, even though we're going to play a full contact sport, we're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. Right? And you get all of these ridiculous goals and guidelines and protocols and things of that nature, and what do you know? You get these horrible, horrible rules and regulations that the NFL is trying to impose on the players. <clears throat> Now, how does this come to a head? Why does all this stuff matter? Why does the NFL not being strong and being accurate and being like, like intelligible? Why do why do they why like the NBA takes hard stances? They're like, no, we're just not going to do it. Like our players will stand for the national anthem. It is controversial, and now they won't do it because now the the NBA is like, oh yeah, we're going to let our players protest. 
The players, they get to wear whatever they want to wear during warm-up. So some of the players, including Kobe Bryant, God, re God rest his soul, he even, um, I think during the uh, Eric Gardner situation, all the way back in, like, I think 2014, 2015, he, he even wore uh, a shirt that said, I can't breathe. So players are allowed to protest in the NBA. They're just not allowed to do it during, you know, the national anthem. They stand. I think they actually can wear, like, whatever they want to wear. NBA, they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll take hardline stances, but we'll also let our players kind of do whatever they want. Right? We will be in a bubble. We will, like, have our players be in a bubble for the remainder of the season. There's no negotiating that. We will do everything in our power to make sure that our season will continue. There's no negotiating. We will do it 1,000%. We will have strict guidelines and protocols for the upcoming season because... We want to have an upcoming season. Technically, the restart of the season. NFL. Well, yeah, you know, let's just let's just let's just take it as it is. Let's just go go with what we're doing. I don't know. I don't know. So they pivot, they pivot, they pivot, they pivot. You know, socially distant in the locker room. You know, no jerseys, even though we just played a full contact sport. This and that. For me personally, it's like, yeah, you know, I understand it. I get it. I think it is important that you don't necessarily walk up to people at the end of the game and exchange jerseys. But I don't think it is significant. I don't think it is as important as having, like, a good foundation for guidelines. Like, that is something so specific and so dumb. Like, we can't exchange jerseys at the end of the game. I think that's ridiculous. It's like, no. Like, have better protocols and have more important, like, like, come on. Like, let's just, let, let's get this, let's be intelligent. By the way, I'm watching the scene in Cheaper by the Dozen too, where, um, where Nora is about to have her baby and they're at the hospital and they're running and it's like 30 people because it's the, it's the Baker family plus another eight. Hold on. Okay, so, all right. Looking at this scene now as an adult, it's like, all right, it's, it's, it's a little bit cringy. All right, moving on. Back to the NFL. And the NFL protocols and things of that nature. Um, I was talking about the pivoting. I was talking about the, the dumbass protocols. Heesh, man. Like, here's what's going to happen when the players meet up. I'd put a lot of cash on it. A lot of players are going to test positive for the virus. A lot more than you think. Isn't it interesting, right? You know, you hear about positive tests for the NBA. Some players get it, but it looks like some of the players um, right now are in a bubble. That some of the players that are going to the uh, <clears throat> that are going to Orlando, they're in the bubble. They're getting tested. They're going to be quarantined off for the next couple of days. But because they flew in a charter plane, not in a commercial plane, that, you know, there's no worries. They cleaned it out. They did what they, they should clean it out. And by clean it out, sanitize it is what I mean. They should make every, uh, sure everything is spotless. Everything is fine for the players when they get on the plane. When they depart the plane, they go straight to the facility. They get tested, quarantine themselves off. Bada bing, bada boom. In the next couple of days, they should be able to move freely within the bubble. 
that's what you would want for the NBA players. Now, the NFL, they're going to have players that are going to test positive. And when you look around, it's like, well, which players, how often, and how frequently? Because, I mean, if a full fucking football team gets tested and they're all positive, like, let's say defensive guy gets it, your star player. Not even, no, 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 no. Not even star player. Let's, let's use the Cowboys. Let's say Jordan Lewis gets it. He's like the third corner on the team, potentially the fourth, depending on where he, where Trevon Diggs ranks and stuff like that. Hell, let's even say Trevon Diggs gets it, and he's playing, and he's talking, and he's in the, and he's dapping dudes up. He's like, "What's, what's good?" And he's dapping people up. He's like, "Great play, Demarcus. Great take, great play, Jalen. Dapping people up. Hey, great, great play, Layton. Dapping people up. Sean Lee, Sean Lee, what's up, my guy? Hey, what's up?" Dapping people up, right? Just bang, dap. Giving some dap. Giving them some dap, right? Show them some love. Now the entire defense has it. And then the entire offense will have it as well because they're playing a full contact sport. Or let's say they're out of training camp and they're not playing contact. They're in, you know, the regular season. And now you get to the regular season, and you're like, holy fucking shit, my entire defense has the coronavirus. Now i got to play with a bunch of backups for like two weeks. Like, the NFL has got, like, the NFL, out of every other sports league, because there are so many fucking people in this league, have got to be way better and way more stricter than every other sports league right now. Than the NBA, than the UFC. They have way too many people. They have way too much at risk. This is the most profitable sport on the planet. This is the biggest sport on the planet. This is this is the most valuable sport on the planet when it comes to money. The most valuable organizations are in the NFL. You cannot you cannot cancel this season. And I looked at this set I looked at the schedule. I was like, the schedule is banger. It is a banger. It is it is perfect. You can't ca- you can't cancel the schedule. Can't do that. The show must go on. And the worst thing that people can do is say, you know what? Let's put an asterisk on the season during the Super Bowl because um, the quarterback for the the AFC team has the coronavirus and now he's out for like two weeks. And Philip Rivers asked the question. He's like, what happens if the you know a team is in the Super Bowl? And um, the quarterback for the Super Bowl for you know the AFC team or the NFC team has has the coronavirus. It's like, can he play in it? He, can he play in the game? NFL said no, he cannot. You got to get this shit on lock. Got to get it locked down. There is no room for error. And, like, I've heard people say, you know, we're going to have positive tests in the NFL. And it's like, well, it's not about having positive tests. It's about, like, like you would hope that you have no positive tests at all. You would go, the goal is to minimize the positive tests. It's not to admit that you're going to have positive tests and then do nothing about it, which is what the NFL looks like it's 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 doing. Like, you can't tell me, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to have positive tests and that's it. It's like, no. You're going to have positive tests, but mitigate the risk. 
as I take a swig of my sparkling ice. Which is not great for hydration. It's pretty much sodium. Flavored, it's, it's flavored non-sweet soda. Excuse me. God, I love that thing. The long and the short of it is, the NFL's protocols are not acceptable currently. They have got to get better. They've got to be better. They've got to be better. And it begs the question, the NFL probably has had the least pressure out of every other sport. Every other sport. There's no excuses for me. Baseball was starting training camp or spring training when it got canceled. The NBA was in the dead of heat. It was in the dead middle of their regular season. Not even middle. It was past the middle. It was 80% of the league, not league, but the season was done. 80%. UFC constantly has events year-round. And look at what they're all doing. They're going to have some of those some of those leagues are going to have positive cases. But they've mitigated the risk. They have minimized. Not minimized, but like what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, mitigated, I guess is a, is a proper word. Is the proper word? Minimized. Yeah, did I say minimize? I don't know. I'm I'm dumb. They've minimized the risk as best as they possibly could. They take it seriously. Because they know it's like, there's money to be made, there's money to be lost. The NFL has had, not weeks, months, and they have had no pressure. And looking at them now, look at look at them now. They're unprepared. They are obviously unprepared. <clears throat> Excuse me. Burped like twice. It's that sparkling ice. Has a lot of sodium in it. They're not prepared. It's going to come to a head. NFL is going to be in trouble. Big trouble. Especially when I saw, like, today or yesterday, the, the, apparently the NFL is like, um, hey, players, can we take 35% of your paycheck as, as escrow, pretty much as insurance for the regular season? You want to know what the players are all are the players are going to fucking riot if that happens. They're like fuck no. And then on top of that, it's like as shitty as baseball's negotiations have been, at least they got it done. They're going to play baseball this year. It's like look at look at what's going on with the NFL. They're like players, can we take some of your money? Like this should have discuss- been discussed months ago. I'm I'm trying to tell you something, man. The NFL is not ready. The NFL is not ready. And it is obvious that they are not ready. But do they care? 
Nope. Not really. Will they get it done? We'll see. We'll see. And by get it done, I mean, will they put on and put in the proper protocols to make sure that players are safe and coaches and fans to be honest with you I don't know I wish I had a better answer than I don't know but the reality is they have shown that they have no no freaking like hard stance on anything they will go the 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 soft way they will do they will do the bare minimum and even to be honest with you they will sometimes do below the bare minimum it's obnoxious just finished watching cheaper by the dozen 2 saw steve martin and the lady dancing on a freaking on a on a piece of plywood in the middle of a lake it's sad that the that 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 movie series had to end right there i wish that there were more because i loved that movie series i loved all of the characters even though not all of the characters got like a lot of airtime and stuff like that and even a lot of lines if i'm honest with you it was still a fun movie to watch but now i'm watching jurassic park watching dudes get eaten by uh <laughs> by dinosaurs. I'm not at the beginning where this guy is getting... I don't know what it is. It may be a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a, Vol- or a Velociraptor, but a lot of people are shocking it, and this guy is getting destroyed. And they're freaking tasing it right now. It's awesome. You rewatch some of these movies. I also want to watch Star Wars. And I have Star Wars as well. And he's gone. Right, he's about to be taken. Yep. I guess, I don't know. Anyways. NFL's in trouble. NFL's got to get it done. Oh yeah, by the way, apparently J.J. Watt is going to not play. Let me put that into context, because that, that scares people. That scares me. So, J.J. Watt, he's like, um, I'm not playing with a face mask. Now, not an actual football face mask, but the apparent altered face mask that the NFL is planning on or has been experimenting on with helmets. So they've been working with sports companies, sports equipment companies, and they've been and they've been, you know, figuring out it's like, well, how do we put how do we have people wear masks on their football helmets? And apparently they put on they're like, well, we'll put we'll have players wear face masks on their helmets and things of that nature. Again, in a full contact sport where people like it it doesn't make any fucking sense you cannot you cannot limit the spread of this virus in a game like this you cannot like if somebody has it the majority of people on the field are going to have it it's impossible you can't do it they're they're running into each other and exchanging sweat at high rates of speed it's like like be realistic here right so jj has been hearing about this. He's like, nope, not about to have it. Here's his quote. My second year in the league, and he's talking about visors, right? So visors, they also restrict your ability to breathe as well, which is why 
you see players not wear visors, even though not only they look cool, but they also protect your eyes when people, because sometimes people like poke your eyes and stuff like that. But he was talking about wearing a visor, right? So here he is. And by the way, it's also why you don't see a lot of players as well wearing visors. I said, I think I said that twice, but I think it's important to emphasize that point. My second year in the league, I thought it'd be cool. I put a visor on my helmet. He, he explained, I was like, it looks so cool. I want to put a visor on. I had it on for about three periods of practice. And I said, take this sucker off. I'm going to die out here. So now you're going to put something around my mouth. You can keep that. If that comes into play, I don't think you're going to see me on the field. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with J.J. Watt. Not only because he's one of the greatest football players that we have currently playing the game and the sport. Um, I think he's absolutely right. Can't, can't really blame him. I'm completely against this face mask. Like, again, other sports. Is the NBA going to have players wear masks when they're freaking running around? No. Of course not. They're going to be dressed up like NBA players, like they always have been. They're not going to change a lot to how the sport is going to be played. It's just going to be the process of what they're doing in between when they're playing the sport. Right? The notion that you'll put on a face mask and everything will be fine is ridiculous. J.J. Watt also thinks it's ridiculous as well. So, let's continue forward. As my throat is like, it's dying. Where is it? I had something important to show you today. Let me pull it up. Also, I'm like getting rid of some of my tabs here as well. Somebody's like, tabs that I have on my computer. I have nothing to do today, by the way, besides this podcast. It's like, I finished, oh yeah, by the way, um, tomorrow, where is my TV remote? Here it is. Tomorrow, I finished The Last of Us Part 2. I have all of, most of the gameplay footage being copied from my PS4 onto my 64 gigabyte flash drive right now. I want to go into great and graphic detail about that video game tomorrow. Not today. Tomorrow. Ghost of Tsushima comes out on Friday of next week, which is why I was like so motivated to beat that game. I was like, I want to, I want to, I want to beat Ghost of Tsushima. I also have a package that's supposed to be delivered today. It's a bunch of cupcakes. It's from this service, Wicked Good Cupcakes. I'm like, I want to, like, and, and they and they freaking delivered it on time. I, I said, hey, can you deliver them by Friday, today? They said, yeah, we got it. And guess what? They loaded them up. When was it? I got an email about it. When was it? It was like, because I got them, I think, a week ago, if I'm honest with you. <clears throat> Uh, what was it? It was, yeah, it was like Thursday, like last week 
Oh, no. No. No, this isn't even it. This is something else. Hold on. Here it is. No, it was Saturday of last week. It was on the 4th of July. That I was like, oh, I'll just order some cupcakes. For a specific reason. And they're supposed to come here today. Or at least that's what I've been told. I have so many freaking tabs on my computer. Jesus Christ. God, I have a lot of tabs. What are all of these tabs on my computer, man? The Eminem interview that he did with somebody. I don't know. What is this? This is a video that I wanted to watch. The worst reality show ever from Noel Miller. I love Noel Miller. He's awesome. You know how, like, you see somebody who's, like, a, um, a hoarder? That's what I am. I'm a hoarder, man. I have so many fucking tabs. That's, like, I look at them and I'm, like, at the time I was, like, wow, that's so awesome. And then I look at them now and I'm, like, that's so dumb. Why? Like, why is this on my computer? get some of these freaking tabs off my computer. I, I want to watch that. Asmund Gold talking to Dr. K. Okay, here, here it is. So, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this and try to guess what this sounds like. Just try and guess. Just try and guess. Hold on. Big arms, pump it. Five, four, three, two, one. Two arms come out the water. Okay, high knees, move. And go. Do, do you know what that is? Do you want to know what that is? Do you know what that is, first and foremost? Do you know who that is? Making all that noise. Not the rapper. I have no idea who the rapper is. But that, ladies and gentlemen, was Deshaun Watson in a swimming pool doing high knees, high arms, getting conditioned, ready to go for the NFL season. I think I said it on the last podcast. I was like, I don't see Deshaun Watson grinding. I don't see him working. Where's D-Watt? He wants to make money. He, want, he wants to have Patty in my home's money. So he's out there in the swimming pool working, grinding, handling his business, really? Oh, my God. His business. He is prioritizing. And you'll see it pay off in the future, in the next couple of months, right? So apparently he's been working out with Brandon Cooks. And in that video that I played for you, they were in the swimming pool. 
But before that, he was throwing like in 107 degree weather to Brandon Cooks. No idea how their hamstrings are, but I hope they're fine. But D-Watt, he's out there training. And I keep saying this and I keep mentioning this because I just want, I, I want to be perfectly, perfectly clear, ladies and gentlemen. Because I played you that Chris Godwin quote a couple of days ago. I said to yourself, I said to myself and I said to you, I said, hey, there's going to be, and as a matter of fact, let me set the mood. Let me set the mood. Because I'm listening to some music and the music is getting me a little bit hyped. It's giving me a little bit juiced. It's giving me a little bit of extra sauce that I want to put on you during this podcast. You definitely know this song because it's been played way too many times. So I said a couple of days ago, what did I say? I said there's gonna be dudes that talk about it Dudes that only know how to talk about it They don't know how to be about it So there's gonna be dudes that are just gonna say to themselves Hey, you know, all I gotta do is is show up on IG I show up on Twitter But I don't show up on the football field So what will happen? What will happen to these young guys that should be working and should be grinding, but in reality are just talking? They're going to get exposed. They're going to talk about it, but they're not going to be about it. I'm trying to tell you, it's going to be obvious week one, because it's going to be obvious. Because, oh my God, I just repeated myself. It's, gotta, it's, it's going to be obvious because... Dudes aren't going to be prepared for this season. Dudes are playing Warzone. They're like, 24, I want to play Warzone. No disrespect to Call of Duty Warzone. But you can't just have a healthy diet of fun. You got to put in the work every now and again, every single day. And in this league, when you got some dogs, when you got number 12, when you got number 15, in the NFC East, number 12 in the NFC East, number 15 in the AFC. Not in the NFC East. In the NFC, excuse me. Number 12 in the NFC, number 15 in the AFC. You can't sleep. You can't slack. You better be on one. I'm trying to tell you. Some dudes are. I apologize if I have the music up way too much, but I, 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 I can't hear myself and the music. I apologize, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn it up just a little. You know, a lot of people they just, they just, they just wanna, they wanna flex. You know what I'm saying? They just wanna show off what they got, and then. In reality, they're written the plane. You know what I'm saying? What's his name? Lil Bow Wow. He was like, I, bro, I'm I'm written this plane. I own this plane. I'm by myself. He take he took a picture in front of a private plane. It's a charter plane. It's a charter private plane, meaning that there's other passengers on the plane besides him and the people that he brought on the plane with him. Bow Wow is not very like wealthy. He's not very he's not rich. What's that kid's name? It was Bow Wow and Little Romeo. Who made that song from Static Shock? Was it Little Bow Wow or was it Little Romeo? 
was Lil Romeo. Now see, this is how I knew. This is how I knew it was him. Just listen to this. This was one of my favorite TV shows growing up as a kid. Then you zap. Nobody know what I do. Uh, superhero static shock. Superhero static shock. Like, I can just tell this dude phoned it in. I was like, man, let me look up Lil Romeo. What is he doing nowadays? What is Lil Romeo doing? That's Lil Romeo? Oh my god, Romeo Miller. I was like, bro, I see this dude all the time. I thought he was done. I thought he was gone. He's like 30 years old. Oh, okay. Apparently he has a song. I gotta listen to this. Hold on. He's got like, <laughs> he's got this song called called um, back on, and and uh, Cinderella. I gotta fucking listen to this. Hold on. I gotta fucking listen to this. I got the hooker. Blackie, my you a change. Hooker, hook it up. You know I didn't take him back right quick, man. Bring him back to that no limit shit. Ride it. He curses now apparently. <laughs> But I'm really from the south. I'ma keep it real with you. I got tired of this rap shit. This shit ain't real with you. Say them niggas where you shooting. I'm guessing photos. Never had to be the gangster. My niggas loco. Dude, he doesn't sound at all like he sounded like. Like remember, like one he one who zip, then you zap, then you see, then get zapped. Dun 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 dun. Know what I do? Uh, superhero static shock. Doesn't sound like that at all. Oh god, that sounds so terrible. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, little Romeo. Oh my god. Wait, wait, what is this? This is from 2004. Oh my god. What's happening, ladies? What's up with my little It's the man, Mr. Cannon, on the ah! He had Nick Cannon on this. He had Nick Cannon on this. Oh no! Oh my! He already caught an L for this one, bro. Oh my God! I was like, oh man, oh man, oh come on, man, come on! No, I gotta listen to this now. Yeah. I'm here with Romeo. Okay. He about to tell y'all some things. To all the girls out there, I'm looking for a Cinderella. Yeah. And he's got like this horrible, oh my god, let me describe, let me describe Romeo, right? This dude freaking like has a oversized jersey. Like, you know how like people look street in hip hop and stuff like that? He's going for that vibe where he has like the, um, the do-rag or like a bandana or whatever underneath like a hat. He has like large ass chains. He has a jersey on and a large ass. Like he just looks like he's trying to be urban and he just looks ridiculous because he's like five. 
You know, I feel like Lil Romeo tried to represent like urban and street, like like street culture and stuff like that. But in reality, he just like looks like a giant poser. You know, like he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing at all. Like there's some people that dress like this for sure, but when he dresses like this, I'm like, this is so fake. First and foremost, they wouldn't like most people wouldn't wear their own jersey. Like he's not wearing like an NBA jersey. He's wearing like a jersey that was made for him. Like, most people would wear, like, their own jerseys and stuff like that. And then, second of all, he has fucking Nick Cannon in it. Like, oh, God. This is from 2004. And he's, like, six. Maybe not six, but, like, 12. And he's, like, he's talking about girls. Like, I gotta get, I gotta get a girl. I gotta do that. I gotta, man, I'm, I'm Lil Romeo, you know. I gotta get me my what? What was Romeo and Juliet? I gotta get me my Juliet. Juliet, but now she's not my Juliet. She's my Cinderella. I gotta get me a home girl. Oh my fucking god! They get in this car. They get you know those cars that like as a kid your parents would buy you that would cost like a lot of money, um, like the electric battery powered cars, like the mini cars that you would sit out in. Like, he has that one. He has a car like that, but it's for, like, a teenager. It looks so ridiculous. Like, come on, man. Oh, my God. Fuck, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I can't really be mad at him that much, because, you know, it's like, I you always want your, your freaking, um... What is, what's it called? Like, child actors to grow up and, like, hopefully they're okay. And it looks like he's doing his thing and he's not, you know, he's not, you know, he, he looks, like, okay mentally and physically and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he's trying to do movies and stuff like that. Proud of him. But he cashed it in during this song. Just listen to this. This was, like, the lyrics, the freaking instrumentals were banging for this one. And he just murdered it in the worst way possible. Like during the chorus, you can see he's like superhero static shock. He's not really putting his all into it. It's like, I'd be like, on the mic, I would be like, superhero static shock. Superhero static shock. Criminals get twisted. Some, I, I, I don't know. I, I would put in a lot more energy, especially if I got paid, you know. I love this TV show. I love static shock. And they just play like the chorus because it's like he doesn't have any more verses and it's like a one minute intro song because 
you know, TV shows, they always have intro songs and they always got to cut them short because they're intro songs. So they got to make sure that they're not that much of a part of the TV show. They just got to introduce the show. Static shock. Here we go. Boom. It's introduced. Move on. It is very catchy, though. It's like, like, like it's first you see, then you zap, then you see, then get trapped. They don't make fucking TV. I hate, I, I sound like I'm from 1950. They don't fucking make TV shows like this anymore. Action shows that that have superpowers like they don't make like I, I saw Young Justice on DC Universe and DC Universe by the way they also have like Static Shock and the uh, the DC animated TV show universe like Batman Beyond and um, Batman the animated series and the Superman TV show like they have that stuff but they don't freaking have they don't make actively these shows anymore. They don't make action TV shows. Like, they, they don't make Codename Kids Next Door, Megas XLR. They don't, like, it's all freaking anime now. And I hate anime. There's so many tropes in anime that aren't in, like, these cartoons that I love. I'm, I'm just like, just freaking make, an, just make anime like this or make cartoons. Make adult cartoons is what I'm trying to say. I love Rick and Morty for, like, the exact same reason that I love some of these other shows. It's like, it's a great cartoon. <laughs> I also love FS for family, by the way, as well. Right? Like, first you see, first you see, then get, then get zapped. Then you see, then get trapped. So, like, like, it's catchy. Oh, I love that song. I could listen to that song all day. Superhero, static shock. First you see, then get zapped. Then get that. Like, oh, I, love, I love static shock. I love that song. Even though he kind of cashed it. What's I talking about? I was listening to like Roddy Rick, and then that got me into uh, freaking Static Shock. I was like, what was I listening to? I'm going through. Oh, I'm like, I'm going through my tabs once again, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I had all this stuff prepared, and I was going, and I was like, I was gonna talk about this, and I was gonna talk about that. Let me screen cap one thing. <clears throat> what was I talking about? Because now it's like I completely forgot. Oh, yeah, D. Watt. Remember? It's talking about Deshaun Watson working. It's talking about how dudes aren't really. Like, again, I'll say it again, and I've kind of gone off the rails here because I've been listening to music for like the last couple of minutes. Listen, man, some people, some players are going to go into the season thinking that they're ready, thinking that they're sharp, thinking that they're going to compete and they aren't. 
They're going to come in, and they're going to be slow. They're going to be out of shape. And those first couple of, of games, you're going to see it happen like that. There's a reason why certain players, like, you got to come into training camp in shape. You cannot go through training camp trying to get yourself in shape, bro. And when and there are going to be some fucking players that are going to get exposed. Like some dudes, you will they will get exposed. Like dude, like so like in and, and this is why I say some of these quarterbacks that their times are up like this is like this is one of the most important seasons of the year, and it's also why not of the year one of of like in the last couple of years one of the most important seasons of the last couple of years. And you know what, Giannis said something interesting. A lot of people said <clears throat> that this season it's going to be an asterisk, an asterisk for whoever wins a title. Right? I can agree if people are out during the finals, like during a finals. If you're out, asterisk. If the major players are out. But for the season, uh uh-uh, that's bullshit. Especially the start of the season. Let me tell you something. Dudes are going to come in. They're going to get exposed. Players are going to play horrifyingly bad. If I had, like, I'm trying to think of a player that just, like, for Baker, Baker Mayfield is spoiled. He is spoiled rotten. He has... Two great wide receivers. He just got a new uh, a new tackle, and he also has two running backs. And he technically had or has like two or three tight ends. He is spoiled when it comes to weapons. He's fine. He's got to make plays. I think he can be a, a playoff team. Excuse me, this year. I'm sticking with my guns. I thought he could be a playoff team. The Browns could be a playoff team last year. I still think they can this year. Baker is going to get exposed if he does not go to the playoffs this year. He's playing up against the NFC East. Two teams within this division. Drafting, war drafting in the top five, which means that they were some of the worst teams in the league. Then on top of that, you also have, everyone says Dallas and Mike McCarthy and all that stuff and blah, 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 and they're not going to be ready. I don't buy into that hype at all. I think they're going to be ready. I think he's a good coach. But you look around the league, and you ask yourself the question, who do you think is going to be unprepared? Not just quarterbacks, but other players. What big name, or not big name, but up-and-coming player do you think won't be ready? Which ones? Because there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot, not even some, a lot more than you would think. They won't be ready. And when the season rolls around, when they come in, when they got to go in and play, they're going to get exposed. They're going to get exposed. So, <clears throat> YouTuber by the name. God, do I really want to do this right now? I got to pee again. I got to pee again. So you know what I will do? I will go pee. But I will be back in a couple of minutes. Hold on. Let me put on a fantastic...
song for you. It will play itself out before I get back home. Or not back home. Oh, my God. Before I get back. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find it. What is that? Oh, I don't know. All right, here we go. Frick, hold on. That was the wrong one. I didn't mean to mute that. Hold on. I was about to I was about to leave and then I was like, wait, I just muted the, the computer audio. Sorry. There we go. Alright, I'll see you in a couple of minutes. back this that you're listening to is the opening original theme song for yes static shock oh, man. i loved this tv show growing up as a kid i loved it i have like a couple of episodes on vhs but unfortunately like the dumb thing about vhs is that they never have like a full season like it's hard to find a full season of anything on vhs they only had like segmented episodes on VHS. I'm like, why? That's so dumb. And expensive. And probably why you're doing that. Alright. Let's continue. What was I even talking about? I got so immersed in static and, uh, and songs and stuff like that. I was talking about Deshaun Watson working, but then I was like, uh, I kind of wanted to move off of that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. So, a lot of people have made a lot about Zeke. Zeke, um, Zeke, I, I, not, not even a lot. It's just some people think he's still one of the best running backs in the league. Some people don't. I'm in the league where I think he is. I also think that there is a lot of other dudes that are up and coming. 
But if you ask me where would I rank him, I'd say second. I don't think Saquon is as good as Zeke. I don't I don't think he is the type of dude that um that runs through traffic the way that Zeke does, and that is the style that Dallas loves to run. I also think that Zeke, even though he may not necessarily have that big play potential that Saquon has, I think that he has so like like I don't think Zeke is as good at creating big plays in the run game as a Saquon Barkley, but I still think that he is good at that. It's just again, Dallas doesn't run that style of offense or used to when it was um when when it was Jason Garrett. There's plenty of different ra- ways, excuse me, to run the football besides run Zeke left, run Zeke right, run Zeke straight up the gut. There's plenty of different ways. <clears throat> So I watch, not even watch, but there's been a lot about Zeke and where he should be ranked when it comes to, you know, the, uh, you know, running backs in the league. I think Christian McCaffrey, I think he is the best running back in the league. You know, a lot of people are going to attribute what he does in the passing game as well as, um, as well as what he does in the running game. To his ability, like, not his ability, but, like, what's the word? Not to the success. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, yeah, um, frick, I can't think of the word. His ability to contribute in the passing game. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry, I'm, 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 I don't know what's going on with me. I'm having, like, 89 different brain farts right now, and I'm focusing so hard on this, and it's like... The more I focus, the more, like, discombobulated I get it. I apologize. So, Zeke, a lot of people have been questioning whether or not he's still top 10, whatever. It's Christian McCaffrey who's easily the best. I'm retracing my thoughts here, my steps. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the best. While, at the same token, I think that Zeke is, like, the second best. And I think the reason why is that I think you get a lot more consistent big play potential out of Christian McCaffrey while also having somebody who can pass protect, who can run the football up the gut, um, east to west. He has the entire package, and yes, he can catch. I think he's easily the best. I think Zeke is the second best. I think Saquon, I'd have to look, but third or fourth, maybe fifth. The reason why some of the other guys like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones and who else do people like? Like think of think of the bigger names, all those all those big name running backs. The reason why I don't really have them that high is that for me running running the football and player rankings aren't just an annual basis. Like they shouldn't change drastically from an annual basis, right? There should be a decline unless a player just falls off a cliff, you know? Which usually that doesn't happen unless they get injured severely, and it's a bad injury. <clears throat> but Zeke, I still think is is a very, very is is one of the best running backs in the league. I think that he had a down year last year. I think it was because uh, the way that Dallas was running. I also think it was because he was still out of shape. I don't know how long you can be out of shape, but he was out of shape during that last season. He was out of shape, style, 
scheme of the Dallas Cowboys. I think there's a lot more contributing factors to because a lot of people they want to like I remember I was watching Kendrick Perkins on um, some ESPN debate show and he was like you know that's why like the reason why Dak Prescott could throw for four nine for four thousand nine hundred yards is because uh, they run the football and I'm like Kendrick maybe stick to talking about basketball because <laughs> I'm like that's not the case at all. That doesn't make any sense. It's like that's like that's like you saying, you know what? We have a strong interior game in basketball. We have a strong ISO ISO player. That's why we have good ball movement. It's like that. Like that doesn't make any sense. Maybe not ISO player, but strong isolation play. You know, everybody touches the ball. Everybody is able to get their shot off. Everybody gets opportunities to play. You know. Like, imagine playing with Michael Jordan and, and being able to say, like, you know what, that's why everybody on the team got to contribute. Everybody on the team got to score, like, 20 points a night. And No, 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 that doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> but I think Zeke is still a top running back in the league. I just didn't like the way that he was running. I didn't like how he was running. I also didn't like the positions that they put him in. Same thing goes with Dak. It's like, like as much as people want to say Dak has a lot of padded numbers, like, Zeke had 1,300 yards rushing last season. Like, that's a shit ton of yards, man. It's like, so what, his numbers aren't inflated? It's like 1,300 yards with 4,900 passing never happens. The last time it did, it was with, like, Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and one of the best offensive lines in the league, right? It's like it very, very rarely happens where you have a runner who has that amount of yards and a passer who also has that amount of yards. By the way, I'm watching Jurassic Park. I completely forgot Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie. He looks so young. He's like 70 now. He was like 40, I think, in this movie. Samuel Jackson is is like a freaking unicorn. He looks so young, man. <clears throat> Moving on. Do I serve? Oh, I have like two more things to talk about. I was like, am I on the final thing? That I was? And then it's like, no, it's like, I got so much stuff to talk about. So, an article by Mina Kimes. Kimes? Kimes. It's pulled up in my feed says, reads to me, the headline reads to me, where is it? Here it is. The headline reads, as I wait for the page to load, so long goal line fade, why one of the NFL's least efficient passing plays is disappearing. It's a fucking great article, by the way. Now, she goes into detail talking about why exactly this throw is being isn't being thrown at all within the league. She does a great job at articulating herself. Hold on. Okay. At articulating herself and describing why. And it's very very similar to why I think the back shorter fade in the NFL hasn't been like hasn't been thrown that much and the simplicity of the fact is that a it's a really fucking hard throw to make. 
Like, it's not as simple as throwing it up and letting the big boy go up and get it. It's a timing route. It's a it's freaking hard. It's like, it's like a half-court shot, right? Maybe not even that. It's like... It's almost like trying to hit a ball. Not a ball. But it's almost like trying to hit a shot from behind the half-court line. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, why even attempt it? There's some players who can hit shots like that, like Steph Curry, on occasion. But most of the time, no. You don't shoot the ball from beyond half-court. That's ridiculous. So she goes into the statistics, right? She goes into, into, the, into the, excuse me, statistics of this throw. So back shoulder fades, and I think the stats are a little bit off, because I literally have one back shoulder fade, and I don't know if it's just like a design play or what, but I'm watching the Cowboys versus Washington, right? And Dak, it's second and goal, it's inside the five, and how she like identifies the back shoulder fade is... Um, like inside the five, you're throwing it over the top. Like Dak throws, a, not Amari, Michael Gallup, a back shoulder fade. It's perfectly thrown. And I don't know if it's counted or not. But so maybe some of the percentages and the statistics are off or, or, or whatever. But apparently for back shoulder fades, 37 fades. Oh. I thought it was thrown. Okay, that makes sense. Never mind. These stats look legit. <laughs> I'm like, never mind. So, 37 fades were caught for touchdowns in 2019. Compared for... Oh, wait, not even compared. So, th- 37, 37 fades were caught for touchdowns, right? Back shoulder fades. That is 13.5%. Right? Of all fades thrown... In the end zone. 37. 37 total. 13.5% were caught. And you may be asking me, well, 24, what does all that mean? What is it like? 13% of all fades that were thrown in the back of the end zone were caught. That fucking sucks. Check this out. Because she goes into great detail about this. Slants, for example, were 42%. These are caught for touchdowns. 42 versus 13. 42.5% of out routes were caught for touchdowns. 57 point, not even point anything, just 57% of flat routes were caught for touchdowns. Keep in mind, inside the five, touchdowns. All right. A lot, a lot of percentages. That not even percentages. Oh my god! Again, I don't know what's wrong with me today. Get focused, twenty-four. Anyways, a lot of these routes are very, very low risk, high reward. In these, you know, in in the five inside the goal line, very, very low risk, high reward type of throws. And then you look at the fade, high risk, low reward. Like, if you told me, like, hey, 24, would you rather throw a fade or a slant or an in-breaking route or an out route back of the end zone? I'm like, anything besides a fade. Because, A, you have to think of the type of wide receivers 
that are thrown back shoulder fades. One, the, the one that she's interviewing, or not even interviewing, but she's quoting Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron. He was interviewed for this article, and he was like, yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise me because um, certain guys, they can do it. For example, Des Bryant, obviously Calvin Johnson. But most of the, like, let me, let me quote him directly. Let me not screw this up. on where is it okay here we go I was looking at it so he says here we go no 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 no, no. that's him talking about the fade was it him that said it or was it Todd Haley Hold on. It's Todd Haley who said it. My bad. Here we go. He's so Todd Haley, I'm gonna quote him and he's gonna talk about specifically the uh like why exactly, you know, why exactly teams don't lob it into the back of the end zone, into the corner, right? If you've got a guy who can run and keep a play alive, why take one step and lob it to the corner? He says, when I had Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald, we didn't have that option. Warner wasn't a mobile guy, but he was a precision passer, and we had a big receiver with great hands, meaning that they threw the back shoulder fade a lot. And then he says, if I had had Patrick Mahomes, I don't think I'd ever throw a fade. And apparently Kansas City didn't throw a fade. This, is, this seems disjointed. I apologize for this. Kansas City didn't, call, didn't throw any fades, by the way, at the five-yard line or closer last season. Oh my god, this seems really, really disjointed because it is. I was trying to like read the article and like find the stats, or not the stats, but like the quotes that I wanted. Pretty much what they're saying is that teams and coaches are starting to value scheme over talent. Which is weird because it's like you would think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that, it's like, are they really valuing scheme over over talent? And it's like, yeah, they are. You look at some of the most efficient and effective offenses, San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City, even Dallas last year, they weren't throwing a lot of back shoulder fades. Even in this route that Gallup is trying to run, this is a second and goal at almost the three-yard line, and Gallup looks like he's supposed to run some type of end-breaking route, but he cuts it back to the outside, and Dak just, I mean, lays a picture-perfect football for Michael Gallup for a touchdown. But for the most part, all of the fades that you see in the league nowadays, not even all of the fades, but most of the fades that you see in the league nowadays, they're just like, they're just to tight ends, they're to big-bodied wide receivers, and usually like, and I constantly say this, I constantly say like, the back shoulder fade is one of the most useless throws on the planet. Like, the slant, it's it's super important. It's like the bread butter of, of all other routes, Right? The fade is not. The fade is a very, very specific 
very, very coordinated throw. You've got to know what you're doing with with the back shoulder fade, or else you could you could freaking like a back shoulder fade is a 50-50 ball, right? It's a 50-50 ball. Back shoulder fades are intentionally like defensive players can make a play on the back shoulder fade. They can make a play. Because they can make a play, your guy sometimes won't be able to make a play on it. The DB will either deflect it, he'll pick it off, or maybe it's thrown too high. Right? Which is why you don't really see a lot of back shoulder fades inside the 20. Not inside, but in between the 20s. It's like, why would we throw this hard-ass throw to catch when we can just throw a slant and make it easier for people to catch? It's why I'm like, whenever I look at Dez run routes, it's like Dez still relies heavily on the back shoulder fade. But the issue with the back shoulder fade is that it doesn't give you a lot of separation. So for a quarterback, it's really, really hard to throw that pass. Is it impossible? No. And when you have a dude like Calvin Johnson, it's it's incredibly easy. But when you don't, it's just not worth it to constantly invest a lot of attention and a lot of um, attempts into the back shoulder fade. It's why I'm not huge on seeing it. It's why I'm not like big on certain quarterbacks and certain players trying to trying to utilize the back shoulder fade. It's like, eh. It's like if you can use it every now and again, then use it. But I'm more concerned with go balls with in-breaking routes, with out routes, specific specific themes and schemes within the passing offense. I'm not really that concerned with back shoulder fades. It's one of those things where people make it incredibly simplistic, where they're like, just throw it up. Just throw it up. It's like, if you lob it up, and if the lob isn't, if it's not picture perfect, if it's it's it puts so much strain on the quarterback, and then on top of that, it puts so much strain on the wide receiver. It, it's, unless again, it's Calvin Johnson, like it is a very very hard throw to make, which is why it's like you see only big dudes that can make that can just pretty much ISO out a DB, usually tight ends, catch a back shoulder fade. Let me look up Gronk highlights, because I'm pretty sure Gronk has like a lot of back shoulder fades. We check it out. They're showing his highlights, or they're showing the intro for the highlights. Hold on. So that I've been a little bit disjointed this podcast. I have no idea what's wrong with me. It's like my voice is cracking. Yep, back shoulder fade for Rob Gronkowski, but it's perfect. He doesn't even have to go up. He like, I'm watching his highlights right now, by the way. But Rob on this play. They're in jumbo. They're in 22. And Rob on this play, he doesn't even have to, like, really jump that high. He just has to catch it. Because it's thrown over his shoulder, but it's, like, it's caught in his bread basket. It's not really... It's not a a catch that he has to struggle to get. Jesus Christ. Gronk is a fucking animal. I just saw him, like, flip into the end zone and then spike the ball. He doesn't care. Oh my god. This guy is a manimal. 
saw this play against Washington where he like drags two people to the sideline, and one Washington player thinks that he's that he's done, and of course it's Gronk. He's not done. He's never done. But a lot of what the Patriots want run with Gronk, and again Gronk is like the greatest tight end ever, in my opinion, easily hands down. San Antonio Gates. It is yeah, Antonio Gates. No, 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 no. Tony Gonzalez. There we go. It's it's not either one of them. It's Gronk. It's not Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates. It's Rob Gronkowski. I'm like you when you watch Gronk and the Patriots, they use his size to his to his advantage. They throw the ball higher in the air so that they don't necessarily lob it like in this particular play against Washington. Tom throws it high up in the air so that way Gronk can so that way Gronk can go up and get it. It's not really a back shoulder fade. It's just him. It's a post. It's not a post up. It's a post route. It's they're not even inside the five. They're like at the like ten yard line. It's a deep drop back by Tom, and Gronk just snags it out of the air like a bald eagle. Right? I don't like the back shoulder fade. I don't like it. As somebody who has watched Des Bryant play for like ten years, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think it ages well at all. The slant ages well. The post, the go, the comeback, the curl, a dig. All those routes, they age incredibly well. There is a reason why, for example, it's like it's a specific throw. Like, where's the tab? Like, if I look up route tree on Google, right? There's, you know, there's the slant, the flat, the comeback, the curl, the dig, the post, fade, or technically, I mean, it's a, it's it's a it's a go route on this route tree, fade corner out, right? There's like different, there's a reason why the back shoulder fade doesn't have like a specific position. There's a reason why you have to, where you have to learn all of these different like routes and not necessarily like like when you look at the when you look at the route tree the fade is only one in nine different routes that you can run i got just the reality of a situation i know i've spent a lot of time on this but i just like i'm just not a fan at all of that throw there's not i gotta find this tab that I muted. Here it is. Just not a fan. Just not a fan. I also got to do like a hundred more push-ups too today. Ugh. It's like already four o'clock. The good thing is, is that, um, what is the good news? Oh yeah. Um, final thing that I'll talk about today as I take my final swig of my water bottle. C. D. Lamb. Why am I talking about C.D. Lamb today? Why have, or why will I talk once again about C.D. Lamb? Because apparently people just love to underestimate the guy. So, thought that I would pull up this very, very interesting tweet. I got it pulled up right here. C.D. Lamb.
<clears throat> so, there's a specific stat on C.D. Lamb. It's yards after catch, right? So everybody, for some weird reason, does not like this guy. Everybody's like, you know what? Dallas should have drafted a defensive player. Well, they shouldn't have drafted a wide receiver. Why draft a wide receiver? You already got two. Why do you need a third? You know, it's not like you're going to run 11 personnel or anything like that. But why do you need a third wide receiver? Right? And on top of that, is CeeDee Lamb really that good? Could Dallas really go out and get CeeDee Lamb? Right? Because Dallas didn't even meet or talk to CeeDee Lamb that much because they were like, oh yeah, we're not going to get CeeDee Lamb. What's the point of getting CeeDee Lamb? Right? So, in college, there's a bunch of these guys, you know, just odd names, weird guys. You know, you may or may not know some of these guys' names. On Twitter, they compared C.D. Lamb, his yards per reception, his average yards per reception. All these unknown guys you may or may not have known, or not known, but heard of, right? Julio Jones, 14.8. Jerry Rice, 15.6. Odell Beckham Jr., 16.4. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, 16.4. Ironically enough, two of the guys that I've been talking about for like 20 minutes. Calvin Johnson, 16.4. Des Bryant, 16.5. Mike Evans, 16.5. Keyshawn Johnson, 16.6. Same with Larry Fitzgerald, 16.6. The Playmaker, 88. Mike Orvin, 16.9. Steve Largent, 15.8. Not 15, 17.5. Tory Holt, 17.7. Tim Brown, 18.2. Randy Moss, 19.0. And then Marvin Harrison, 20.2. Most of those names are all Hall of Famers, right? Currently or probably, right? Most of those names. Maybe not all, but most. want to take a shot at where CeeDee Lamb stacks up against those names? You know, I didn't say CeeDee Lamb's yards per catch. I didn't say it on purpose, because it's, you know, it's up there. But where do you think he's, he's going to rank? Is it going to be like bottom half, top half? Just no number, bottom half, top half. Where do you think he's going to rank? It's top half. What position? Like top five? Top six? See, Lamb is second on the list. For average yards per reception in college. Second, do you want to take a shot at who he's tied with? He is tied with 19.0 yards per catch with Randy Moss. How poetic is it that Jerry Jones passes up on Randy Moss in the 90s, pretty much regrets it for like the rest of his life, and he gets a guy 
but the exact same yards per reception as Randy Moss. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how life works? You know, there's a reason why I'm so high on this guy specifically. Jesus Christ, I'm watching Jurassic Park and the kid just shut the door on the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Tyrannosaurus Rex just turned his head to the kid and now he's looking in the car he's trying to see if something moves and the kids are just standing there and he's just swerving back and forth and the girl is shining the light on the Tyrannosaurus Rex stop turning the damn light off girl why are they moving so much and now the Tyrannosaurus Rex is yelling he's looking in he's very very confused alright moving moving forward with CeeDee Lamb and now they're found out, by the way. He knows. He knows they're in there. Yep, now they're screaming. He knows. Going back to C.D. Lamb. This is why you cannot not pass up the opportunity to get this guy. He has, on this list of elite company, he has the second, the second yards per reception in the league Tied with Randy Moss, ladies and gentlemen. Tied with Randy Moss. Now, I hope the season goes on. As much as in the beginning I talked about the season not going on, and I think I was going to actually have a podcast talking about how the season will go on, but then it's like all of this... NFLPA stuff came out and I was like, well, got to talk about that. But CeeDee Lamb, you look at his numbers, you look at his stats, you look at his ability to play. And you're like, why not? Why wouldn't you take CeeDee Lamb? I'm looking up his highlights right now. I'm going over to his highlights right now. You know what? It's weird to me to see just, like, how consistent people have been with saying, nope, you cannot draft CeeDee Lamb. Like, it's, it's just so weird to me. I'm like, dude, have you not seen him play last season? Did you not see him play? Like, I've, I've gone back and I've watched some Oklahoma football since Dallas has drafted this guy. And I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy is is easily the best wide receiver taken since Michael Thomas in like 2016, 2017. Michael Thomas almost broke Jerry Rice's, or not Jerry Rice's, Calvin Johnson's record for the most reception yards, I think, in a single season. Or he did. Cannot remember. He got close or he did. This guy's almost a 2,000-yard receiver. CeeDee Lamb is the best coming out, coming out of college after this guy. And you want to tell Dallas not to take this guy? Let me tell you something. I don't know what I don't know what's what's up with people. Wide receivers not to be underestimated or underappreciated, especially in a passing offense. It's like, yeah, you know, don't draft wide receivers. They won't help out your quarterback at all. Draft more defensive players because that was the side of the football that was uh, that was really helping out the Dallas Cowboys last season. Don't get CeeDee Lamb. 
Let him fall to the Eagles. Let them get CeeDee Lamb. I cannot fucking wait week one when CeeDee Lamb starts running amok in L.A. They got to catch a lamb in Los Angeles. I cannot wait, man. I cannot. I'm so excited for football this season. I know I, st- I talked about how I don't think the NFL, like, I, I don't like the, like, if I'm being realistic, I don't like the NFL's protocols. But, man, I'm so excited to see this guy play. I, was scre- I, I remember I was screaming and hollering when we drafted him, and I lost my voice. And Man, I cannot wait for this guy. I cannot wait for this guy. He is going, he, he is, a lot of people talk about Jamal Adams and Jadavion Clowney and Everson Griffin. And, I, you know, I talk a, a lot about those guys as, as different makers, you know. But this guy, we got this guy right here, C.D. Lamb. This guy is a difference maker. And he hasn't even played a snap of football yet. And I I just cannot wait. I'm, I'm like, I mean, in all of his highlight reels, you got it. Like, it's it's always Texas. It's always Texas in some of these highlights reels at the, uh, the Red River Bowl. It's always Texas. And, I mean, he's just lighting up Texas. My God. I cannot wait for this guy. To come to Dallas, torch up the Eagles like he torched up Texas in AT&T Stadium, where I think he won the Big 12 um, championship like twice. He's, I cannot wait for CeeDee Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, then you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, Last of Us Part 2, the entire bit of it, I will be talking about all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.